0: Welcome back to In the Booth, a podcast by the Frederick News Post. My name is Jillian Natelsic, and I cover education. In this series, I'm sitting down with each of the 16 candidates for the Frederick County Board of Education. This is a much more crowded field than we've seen in many years, and there's been a pretty unprecedented amount of money poured into the race so far. With school board elections across the country receiving a lot more attention than ever before... We figured it was important to sit down with everybody and ask them about the most important issues facing Frederick County Public Schools. Today my guest is Ashley Nieves. Ashley grew up in Frederick and graduated from Tuscarora High School and she says that if she were elected to the school board she would focus on school safety and parent involvement. Hope you all enjoy the conversation. Make sure to check back for more as we finish these up in the next week or so. Don't forget Primary elections are July nineteenth, and early voting begins July seventh. Okay, today we have Ashley Nieves. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me where in Frederick County you live and what your day job is?
1: Um, I live in the city of Frederick, and I am an av- administrative specialist.
0: Okay, what does that mean? What do you? What kind of work do you
1: do? Um, I do a variety of stuff. I'm a contractor right now, um, so I work on a lot of HR stuff, um, hiring managing um, interviews and stuff like that. So it's a variety of stuff every day. Okay.
0: Have you ever run for any kind of
1: public office before? No, I have not. What made you decide you wanted to do this? Um, I think it was a variety of stuff, just seeing like a, a wide variety of what has been going on in Frederick County Public Schools and hearing a lot of parents upset about their children's education Um, And I saw what was going on during COVID and that kind of got a lot of people's attention. And I decided that there's something that I could do for the community. And I thought this was the time for me to move forward and do something to give back and get myself more involved. So what kind of issues and
0: things are you talking about? Can you tell me what the most important things on your priority list are?
1: Yeah, um, I think the most important I have is the safety of our students and teachers and staff. Um, We've heard a lot of what's been going on and in other areas of the country and stuff like that with um, safety being a priority for everyone, um, especially in the community. Um, And then also, I think a lot of it comes down to um, the Teachers having to teach a lot of this material that parents aren't exactly okay with and not having the transparency that they want in their child's education. So they're not understanding or getting the information that they want from the Board of Education on what would be in the curriculum and taught every day. Um, So there's a variety of things that I've heard, and um, a lot of parents are upset with not the basic information being taught, like the math and reading and writing. In elementary level, um, they're more worried about other things and not that. So their children are not at the education level that they should be. So they're getting out of elementary school, um, like kindergarten, not being able to read or write. And they're having to take their children out. And I think that's very upsetting that a lot of parents are taking their children out of the Frederick County Public Schools because they're not happy with the education.
0: Alright, so uh, first on that list, you mentioned safety. Um, Can you tell me about what you mean by, um, are you talking about like physical safety, like security of the schools or the SRO program? And is there any issue that you've seen that has made you concerned about safety here in Frederick County? Or is this sort of a nationwide concern? I'm just trying to get a little more specific here.
1: Of course. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to the SRO program, which is the school resource officer program. And um, I, I am an advocate for that. I do want children to feel safe um, going into the classroom every day and their parents knowing that their child is going into a safe facility. And the teachers, obviously, you know, everybody in that building needs to feel as secure as possible. Um, but also, you know, you're, you are looking at nationwide of what's been happening, and I don't, I don't want to see that happen. And you know, um, I want to be. Are you talking about school shootings? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like that is that has happened, and I don't want that to happen here. Obviously, no one wants that to happen, and it's it's really sad. Um, so I just want to be as proactive as possible and working with our SROs and working with our sheriff. Um, seeing what we can do to expand the program because they are a little they are stretched then and also you know there are instances that the teachers have where um, they may not necessarily feel the way they should when they're walking in that building Um, but I I know um, when I went to school I I felt as safe as possible that was you know Ten years ago, or so now. <laughs> did you go? Did you go to school here in Frederick County? Yes, I actually graduated from Tuscarora High School back in 2011. Okay, and I've heard um, from the, the county sheriff um, that Tuscarora is one of the most more violent high schools, and unfortunately, that's that's very sad to hear. So they have to have an extra SRO in that area for that. And um, I don't, I didn't have it like that. I when I was there, I felt. confident on the teachers and everything, um, and being safe. But I just want to make sure that continues for the students that I would be helping as a Board of Education member. So besides, you mentioned that you
0: might like to see the SRO program expand, is that right?
1: Yes. Okay. Is there
0: anything else that you have um, in your mind as, as priorities to help with the school safety concern you're talking about?
1: Um, I don't know if I necessarily have like a specific idea. I think um, definitely communicating with the SROs and the sheriff's office just to kind of see what, what is it that we can do to help expand that and what they need um, from a board member. Okay.
0: And then the other thing you mentioned um, was uh, – I forget exactly how you phrased it, but you said – Teachers are being asked to teach things that some parents aren't comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And I can assume that what you're talking about is the um, family life and human sexuality curriculum, the health curriculum that came down from the state and was approved by our local board. Um, So that's one of the questions I'm asking everybody about. But since it came up, I figure we can jump down the list to that one. Um, Can you tell me where you stand on that issue and what you think about the way that the board and the community handled it um, a couple months ago when it really came to a head?
1: Yeah, um, I personally don't think it's necessary to have um, the sexual identity and or sorry, sexual orientation, gender identity taught in elementary school. Um, just because I think you know we have a lot more education that we need to be concerned about than sex sex education in our schools, especially in elementary level. Um, I I've heard, like I said before, I've talked to a lot of parents who are not happy with the education that their children are receiving, and, and putting that into um, the f- curriculum, that's putting a lot more pressure on t- uh, teachers. And there may not be teachers that want to teach that, but you know when it comes across their table and they're required to teach it, they're going to teach it. Um, but we have to think that when you're putting that into the curriculum, it's taking away from the other education that they should be receiving, which is the English writing um, and math and This is not, I think, an appropriate thing for a young child to be learning. I think they need to remain as innocent as possible for as long as possible, in my opinion. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, if you were
0: elected, you would be serving alongside uh, Cheryl Dyson, who's going to take over as FCPS's next superintendent. Mm -hmm. And she is going to be the first new superintendent, like completely new person in that role for I think it's almost 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a pretty big change at central office and a pretty big change um, leadership wise for the district. So how would you work with Cheryl Dyson and with FCPS central office if you were elected and what kind of changes or opportunities do you see here sort of as we enter this new phase of leadership
1: in FCPS? Well, I'm excited to see um, what, what um, interests that she has that she's looking to exactly change in Frederick County public schools. Um, and I, I, I think it would be great to understand where she stands and where I stand on things and see how we can communicate. Um, I know that the Board of Education oversees the superintendent and we want to make sure that things are done properly in the um, school system and making sure that our doors are always open and that we're always communicating and staying in contact and understanding um, what we can to, to move forward and work together. Right? I don't want to speculate on anything that she may or may not want to do. Um, I look forward to what she stands for and what she's looking to do for any type of programs in the curriculum and working with our students and, and bring in really good teachers. We need a lot more teachers. I know we are um, losing a lot, and I want to bring those people into our school system and, and really help them and um, be as supportive as I can as a board member with her and hope that as a board, we come together and just look for the future and what we can do for these children. Cause that's all that matters right now is the children.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned, um, losing teachers, which is another topic I was going to touch on. So, um, you know, FCPS has really struggled this past year or two, um, with staff recruitment and retention as has pretty much every school district around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some ideas you have for how to support staff and try to mitigate that concern?
1: Um, I think we definitely need to understand what roles they are playing because they're with the curriculum, especially with this sexual education curriculum that they're implementing. We have to think of like what else they're doing on a day to day basis, which could overwhelm them. Right. We're giving them so many different changes every few months they're voting on things to change things and and um, implement in the classroom. And I think they're giving them so much work and the teachers are, are extremely tired. I understand that. It was in the last couple of years with COVID was excruciating for everybody. Um, so I really want to work to see what it is that I can do to help them and bring them in, you know, and, and do what we can to hopefully find a lot of local teachers um, and help students that want to become a teacher, maybe do some mentorships or um, help them um, understand what we're looking for and help them get their education in any which way, you know, preparing them for that type of education and bring them back to Frederick County to teach because I think that's great. Yeah.
0: So one thing that um, the teachers union and some of the board members have talked about a lot as a way to help with uh recruitment and retention is pay for staff Mm -hmm. so um everyone knows that teachers are not the highest paid um employees and in frederick county they specifically they make less on average than they could make in montgomery county or howard Mm -hmm. county so we have a lot of people who live here and drive to montgomery county to teach or howard county to teach Um, do you see
1: boosting salaries as a potential way to address this issue of recruitment retention? I think that's definitely something to consider um, to make sure that they are coming here. We want to be as, um, I just lost the word, (laughs) as competitive as possible Mm -hmm. for them to want to come to Frederick County um, and, and understand that we are here as a support system. We don't want them to be overworked and overwhelmed. um, I know that they know what they're getting themselves into when they go into that school, going into um, teaching. And back when I was younger, I wanted to be a teacher too. I think that's an amazing Mm -hmm. um, opportunity for people. And it is a extremely hard career. And I completely understand that. So I think working with a board and seeing what we can do Um, to help them alleviate some of that stress and bringing them into Frederick County. We don't want them going out of Frederick County.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about the uh, Department of Justice investigation into FCPS and the issue of seclusion and restraint. Um, If you were elected, you would be, you know, overseeing the continued response to the DOJ investigation, making sure that everything with the settlement is implemented correctly. Mm how would you approach that issue and navigate it? And um, what ideas do you have for improvements to special education?
1: Um, I think it is a big um, big thing that has been talked about. And unfortunately, that was a um, big thing that we overlooked. Um, as board members, I thought they would be more... Um, more on top of that sort of thing, right? So when things were brought to their attention, they should have right then and there um, took over, did something to make sure that things are going the way that it's supposed to be going, you know, having like some sort of checks and balances to make sure that there are um, teachers and the people that are working with the special needs have what they need and that they're following the rules that they have laid out for them. Um, So when I do... um, have to go through with that um, decision. Um, working with the other board members and the superintendent, hopefully we can find ways that would really help the teachers and the staff and the students make sure that they're as comfortable as possible and that they're dealing with the situation that they should be um, dealing it with um, the right way and doing what what we can to help support them and, and just going through that. Um, investigation as open as possible and, and staying on top of it. So when we do uh, fix it or have ways to fix it, that we stay and continue to check in on that and making sure that things are going the way that we expect it to go. Okay.
0: You mentioned training. Is that something you think um, an important piece of this? And Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit more about that and, and why you think it's a part of the response here?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, like we want to make sure that everyone's following Um, the guidelines of how they should be reacting to a instance that a child may be um, acting out or whatever it may be um, in that instance. So I think having a training, um, maybe every six months, maybe yearly, just to go over what is expected. And maybe things have to be changed. Um, You never know what would work until you put it to the test and, and you come back to make sure that it is the proper way to be handling those types of situations and, and know that that everybody that is in that classroom is as safe as possible. And we're dealing with um, children that don't necessarily understand what they're doing is wrong, so we want to make sure that they're as prepared and, or they're as um, safe as possible and that the parents understand what's going on that they're as communicative um, with the teachers as possible when those instances do happen, and that we're reporting it correctly.
0: Okay, so you mentioned communicating with parents, and um, I want to talk about transparency um, between the, the board and the community, the school system and the community, mm-hmm. the school system and the board. Um, I know that's an issue that a lot of candidates are talking about and a lot of people in the community seem concerned about. Um, I have in particular been asking people about this um, survey. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the exact numbers, which is completely fine. But Mm -hmm. the the firm that was responsible for going out and finding a new superintendent Mm -hmm. um, asked a bunch of teachers, staff, community members, even some students, um, a lot of questions about FCPS and, and the direction that it's going in. And to me, one of the most interesting results from that survey was um, some pretty, l- some questions that indicated low levels of trust in the school system and um, the w- the work that it was doing and the communication that it was giving out mm-hmm. to parents. Um, so you've, you've kind of touched on this, and I know that this is something that has been sort of a focus of your campaign is communication with parents, um, but can you tell me, if you were elected, how you would work to increase this transparency
1: and why you think that's an important goal? Well, transparency is the number one um, thing that I think a lot of parents are looking for. And it's not necessarily um, put on the teachers um, because they're doing amazing work. I understand that they have been hounded the recent years, um, but I don't think it is an issue with the teachers. It's an issue with the Board of Education understanding what is expected of them. And when they put out their meeting uh, agenda six days before a meeting, I don't think is enough time for parents to prepare for or even teachers because they are doing a lot of voting on new curriculums and staff changes and stuff like that. And when you're only giving them so many days to review that, I feel like that is just not transparent enough. And when it comes down to when they pass the curriculum, they pass it on a consent agenda. And nobody knew about it ahead of time. They talk about one course that they were adding to the curriculum, which was great, but you need to talk about everything else that they're adding as well. And this was part of the family life um, curriculum that they're implementing in elementary school and high school, they changed things. So when they did that, they, the parents were like, well, why aren't you bringing these things to our attention? So then we can come in and speak to you. And when you're a board member, I feel that it's necessary for you to answer emails and answer phone calls from parents that are concerned. Because you are putting, you know, their children into a school system and um, they should feel as comfortable as possible that you're teaching them the right things and that you're not trying to slide things in um, without their knowledge. So when it did come out, um, parents were upset. And I understand that, you know, there are two different um, understandings for the curriculum, but if if the board was a little bit more upfront and not hiding things in the agenda and having to have parents look for it, because it, it was hard for me to find it. Um, you, you have to be looking for something in order to find something, and I think that's not necessary for the teacher or the parents to have to be looking for. The board should notify people.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're, it sounds like you're talking about the Sort of the administrative side of of how the board works, like Mm -hmm. how far in advance they post the agendas and um, responding to emails and phone calls and that kind of thing. Um, So
1: what would you do differently than the current board if you were elected in that arena? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to when they're voting on those types of things like curriculum, um, they vote on new materials and books and things like that. And when they do that, they should have it a lot more open for parents to come in and review those types of things. Um, I think it would be great for the uh, curriculum to be uploaded, for each teacher to have that on there online, for parents to come in and and look at everything instead of having to sit down with every teacher, they could go in and see what exactly will be taught to their children. Sorry, I forgot your exact question. (laughs) No, I was just
0: asking um, what, what, like you said, six days you don't think is long enough. So I'm curious how long you think is enough for an agenda to be posted. Like what kinds of things you would do differently in this area?
1: Well, I think when it comes down to the consent agenda items, which is the curriculum and the the new books and things like that, I think it should be brought up a lot sooner, maybe a couple weeks or maybe a month. They know what, what they're looking at putting into it. Um, But other things on the agenda, I know it may not be as necessary to put so far in advance because you may not know. It might jump in, you know, something, a topic or agenda item that might want to be added in a little bit um, later. But when those types of information is being brought out to the board members to be voting on, um, I think it definitely needs to be brought out a lot sooner than six days.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, So another staffing issue um, that the board has discussed quite a few times in these past few months is the issue of the demographics of the staff and how Mm -hmm. it relates to the student body. Um, So over the last 10 or 15 years, give or take, Frederick County uh, has become a lot more diverse racially and ethnically. um, And the teaching population, understandably, hasn't really changed at the same rate because people get hired and they stay there for a long time. It's not a a Continuously turning wheel, like it is for the kids in the school system. Mm-hmm. So the result of that is that the um, the staff of FCPS is proportionally a lot whiter than the student body. There's less. There's not a lot of representation, proportional representation of other races or ethnicities in the staff. So some people on the board have thrown out the idea of hiring somebody to the HR department of FCPS to to specifically focus on minority recruitment and retention or the idea of support groups for minority staff, trying to get them to stay longer once they're hired. Um, And I'm wondering what you think about that, if you think that that is um, a worthy goal to pursue, if you think that this is even a problem that the board should be talking about. Um, Just any, any reaction you have to that whole debate that's been going on.
1: Um, I think it's, it's great for the students to feel as comfortable as possible, right? And that could be having a teacher that may understand them, right? So if, it's, if it comes down to them having someone that necessarily looks like them or something like that, that's um, I don't know if it's necessarily the right thing to do is have a separate HR person to be looking for that. I think we need to definitely um, bring people in from a variety um, and wide ranges of backgrounds. I think everyone has different experiences, which is amazing. That's um, very important for students to have. So then if they have a teacher that understands where they come from or their background, they have the ability to talk to them one-on-one and, and kind of get that um, security and understanding that they can go to that, per- that teacher and feel as comfortable as possible to talk to them on something that they don't necessarily feel comfortable talking to somebody else. And we definitely want to bring in a, um, a different type of backgrounds for any kind of um, business, right? We have a variety of people that work um, in different businesses, and we want to make sure that we bring in everybody that is well enough and um, can teach and be as um, competitive in their uh, career as possible, right? We want to have those type of conversations and see what what exactly what we can do to bring in those people um, to FCPS. And we'll have to see what happens on the Board of Education. Yeah. Okay. So as we get ready to wrap up here, I want to talk a little bit about the campaign and the
0: race so far. Um, I know you said you've never done this before. So uh, what have you learned like in these past couple months or I don't know exactly how long you've been out there actively campaigning, um, but what, are, what have you been learning from your conversations with voters?
1: Um, well, I've actually been campaigning for um, about a year now. Wow. Um, that is, <laughs> it is <yeah. laughs> very interesting. It's It's been a um, whirlwind of uh, different opinions, and I appreciate that. Um, obviously, you can probably tell from this interview that I'm not a politician. <laughs> <laughs> I am just anybody that, um, that just is very concerned about their community and thought, you know, I'm tired of just sitting around and, and, and just waiting for things to change. I want to be a part of that. And I want to help people. But when I talk to people, it is um, eye-opening. Um, I've talked to teachers, I've talked to parents, I've talked to students. And when I see that they're not as happy as I was when I was in school, um, it really hurts. It, it, it's heartbreaking to see where we are today. And I just want to step in and, and be the person that speaks for the parents and the teachers and the students that they need, right? And that could be a wide range of opinions, right? And I know that um, I may not make everybody as happy as possible, but I, want, I just really want a safe school. I want everybody to be as happy as possible with their education and, and get out of FCPS willing to um, or have the education that will get them uh, the success that they need. Right. I want to make sure that if they decide to go into college, that they can, Um, that if they decide to go straight into the workforce, that they feel as confident as possible. That's what we're doing. Um, We want to make sure that we are preparing these children as much as possible and they feel confident when they graduate, because it is a great feeling when you graduate. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I know that you have um, aligned yourself with three other women in the race. Um, I'm curious where you see yourself and the four of you kind of fitting in we have a really crowded field as i'm sure you're well aware yes 16 candidates and of those 16 eight are um two groups of four um candidates and i'm curious where you see yourself and your group kind of fitting into
1: the landscape of this race and and Mm -hmm. the choices that voters have yeah um well what's great is that i um not necessarily am a mom uh, the other three ladies, Heather Fletcher and Tiffany Noble and April Montgomery, are moms. So I get that aspect of it. And it's really great learning from their experiences and other people's experiences. And I, I think it's great that um, I've put myself in this opportunity where I did go to FCPS and I didn't graduate that long ago. And I think it gives me a little bit of an um, upper hand to see you know, what I went through and what I would want to um, continue from my education, and how I felt going into that school every day. Um, And so I think we work very well together. We bounce off ideas. We may not agree 100% on things, but we are able to communicate, and, and I hope that when I get on that board of education, if it's not necessarily all four, I hope it is all four of us ladies, but we have to be able to communicate as much as possible with the other board members and come to a decision on what's best for the community and what's best for the teachers and parents and the, and the students. All right, so
0: last question here. I'm wondering if you can just tell me about what you think it is about your experience, your professional background, or just your personality, your skill set. Um, what is it about you that should make voters trust you? They have you on the ballot and then they have 15 <laughs> other candidates. So I know it's, um, it's got to be hard work to kind of distinguish distinguish yourself in that field um, so yeah why should voters pick you as opposed to any of the other candidates
1: well I think I bring a different aspect to it I am uh, younger than most of the candidates um, so I think I would give um, a lot more dedication to this because I I just care about the community I care about these students um, and I want to bring as much positive, um, aspects and, and and make sure that we bring in a curriculum that is ex- that gets these children as prepared as possible outside of FCPS um, but I hope um, I do get a good amount of voters that I get on there through the primary I know it's a lot of people but um, I am I think I think it's just um, important to me. And I hope that a lot of people understand where I'm coming from. And, and, um, but I, I did, um, go to school. I did, um, graduate after graduation. I did go and move on to, um, FCC and got my associate's degree and then moved to, um, Clemson university where I got my bachelor's, um, in business management. So I've worked in a, a variety of different aspects. I've never stayed, um, with one specific um, job, Um, uh, one like specific job that, so it gave me a little bit more of a dynamic and seeing what I wanted to do and I am so happy to bring my business management into my job now and I hope that I can bring that information and help manage and put some of the, um, whatever I can do to help to the board. Awesome. Ashley Nevis, thank
0: you so much for joining us.